We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. As Wayne Rooney once said, he has just enough education to play football. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, Head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast with your host, Mike Gottlieb, along with me, uh, Villanova alum, a fellow member of the Final Four, Andrew <laughs> Laird. Uh, uh, sorry we're coming to you so late, but if both of our alma maters make it to the Final Four in the same week and there are no games, we cannot be trusted to do a podcast. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, well, first the Elite Eight and then the Final Four. Right. So uh, I apologize, and uh, we're here now to discuss Game Week 31. We'll maybe maybe sneak in some 32 and maybe some double Game Week previews later on. But uh, a couple of injuries to get to, a couple of really poor performances, <sighs> just a, a little bit of everything. Let's let's get started with the first game of last weekend, which was a really, really was it really good by Arsenal or really poor by Everton in Arsenal's two nothing, really kind of a demolition of Everton. I think it was a little from column A, a little from column B. The I mean Everton haven't been particularly strong <laughs> at home this season, as we've uh, mentioned a few times on the podcast, and Arsenal are very good at getting three points when they need 15 so I think we probably should have seen this one coming 
I, I mean, I, I, I don't think anyone was surprised by the two on Arsenal's part. I think people were more surprised on the zero by Everton. Well, like we've been saying, they're they're better um, on in their attack when they're on the road for some reason, and this was no different. So it seems that everybody has figured out how to score at Goodison except for Everton this season. Yeah. Uh, one thing it's very clear from the Arsenal side, uh, Alex Iwobi is something. Theo Walcott, I, I can't imagine him being on that team for a long-term future. Yeah, I think that's fair. It sounds like he might lose out on his England spot too for Euros this summer. Yep. Um, and I'm he. I, I think because yeah, because of those two things, you know, I think it's time for him to get a change of scenery. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are going to be plenty of clubs that would certainly want him. The I'm not sure what benefit Arsenal has in selling him to another Premier League club, but. You know, I'm not sure how much they can really get for him, but and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would go overseas. I mean, most of these English guys tend not to want to go elsewhere. So, yeah, he's I don't know he he's such a player that performs in spurts that when he's not scoring, he's just invisible. Whereas you know some guys can at least have some kind of impact, but you're literally 70 minutes into a match and you're like, oh, that's right, Walcott started. <laughs> like, what has he been doing this whole time? So you know, you know, a team that would probably love to take him back after they offload some high price talent. Where'd he come from? Southampton. Southampton. That's what I'm talking. Yeah, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm sure there about are, a guy called Gareth Bale. Yeah, there are plenty of guys who would happily, or hap- plenty of clubs that would happily take him. But the the upside for Arsenal, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, I, for, I mean, for Arsenal, they might be like they they won't get a good price for him, but it's just I think he may because he may lose his spot with England. If he wants any, if he has any aspiration to play in the World Cup for England in Russia, he's going to have to get off that team. He may force his way out. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, 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 that, that was that was just the one note of who didn't play uh, in terms of who actually did play and who did perform well. Again, Alex Iwobi looks like he should have been playing for a longer period of time. Yeah, I think you got to see this sporadically, though. These young players who finally get a shot and, you know, they play well because they're young and nobody knows really how to react to them. But uh, expecting him to be this good for an extended period, I think, is a little aggressive. Everton, uh, my first commandment of Fantasy Premier League is never take an Everton goalkeeper. Uh, and they, they, they just will they, they just will not keep a clean sheet. And- <laughs> Um, this wasn't the next one that I was anticipating, but on the goalkeeper front, Tim Howard has signed his summer move to yeah. Colorado, to That's the right. Colorado Rapids in uh, in the MLS, which I'm sure you and the boys over on the MLS podcast may have talked about already. We discussed but, it very briefly, but really the the idea of a goalie making a significant difference, certainly in MLS, like. It's a tremendous waste of money all the way around. And the, my favorite thing that I saw about Howard is that he's now going to make more next season than every other starting MLS goalkeeper combined. Yep. I was going <laughs> to mention that. I saw that. Uh, I, I think it's something like t- uh, five or six times more than the next goalkeeper. Yep, something like that. Yeah, it's like $2.5 million, which uh, there were kind of rumors earlier in the or earlier this spring that or winter, so, whenever we're in. It's, it's also interesting that it's Colorado because it's not exactly a premier franchise. They're yeah, they they're kind of desperate to make a name for themselves, and uh, it's you know they they had one of the top spots in whatever the international slotting order is and all that stuff, and it sounds like they, I mean, they definitely wanted an American international, and, and there really aren't that many left abroad that you can kind of sell shirts for you know Dempsey's already here Bradley's in Toronto so they're just not that many of them Howard's probably the most popular uh at least you know the most um household name after what he did in the World Cup but people kind of are ignoring the fact that he's coming because he lost his spot <laughs> like yeah. he's not he's not a dominant goalkeeper in, in in England and while he may be a great one in Colorado the that the rest of the team stinks and so he's just kind of He's clearly just cashing in at this point. Yeah. Last note on Everton. Um, after Romelu Lukaku, is there anyone you can just count week in, week out? No, definitely not. We People keep ranking Ross Barkley really highly as if 
you know, it's one of those that like he can during his two goal game, everyone's like, see, I told you. And then he, he'll go two months without a goal. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're wrong nine times out of 10, there's no reason to celebrate th- that one time. So that's kind of how I look with Barkley. It's, it's weird. The John Stones thing is very strange to me that they don't play him. And um, Gerard de Lafayette was, um, I don't know why they're, they've decided that Aaron Lennon is, is a better um, player for, I don't know why Martinez thinks that he brings any more Tom Cleverly even. It's uh, It's baffling to me. It's weird. Uh, I, I mean, you have to think that Roberto Mart- uh, Mar- Martinez's seat is getting warm. Uh, there, there, a lot of, especially because there's the new ownership coming in. Yep. Or sorry, new money coming. New money in. coming in. Yeah. And you know they're gonna they're gonna need to see a lot of improvement soon before uh, they they commit to him even longer term than they already are. Yeah, I would say next season's got to be his last one if they don't. Yeah, he. I don't think because yeah, they got. If they, if they don't improve quickly, I don't think he makes it through next season. Yeah, that that's totally fair. Yep, I, I I agree with that as well. It's uh, for how how good they were last year, showing glimpses of growth. Um, they they've fully taken a step back this year. They're gonna likely lose Stones. Um, there's now this Lukaku talk that he wants out, uh, which is coming from his father, which on the surface is kind of hilarious, but. Um, well, he wants to play. He, well, I, mean, I understand it from his perspective. He wants to play in the Champions yes. League, and if Bayern Munich want him, which apparently they do, uh, and Manchester City like want Robin Lewandowski, which is probably true. Uh, yeah, of course it's, they it's, do. <laughs> uh, that's one of those things. And with Pep Guardiola coming in, it's just it's one of those things where you can see a striker carousel kind of set up there. Yeah, I agree. I think I saw United were interested in. I think it was United and Bayern were the ones supposedly interested. Which, I mean, if if Lewandowski stays at Bayern, that obviously doesn't. I mean, Lukaku would never play. Yeah, and Manchester United are not a shoe in for the Champions League. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I get it. And he kind of made the point. He said himself that you know when he was. He said something like three years ago when I was 20, like I wasn't ready to play for a big club. And it's like, well, you could have, like Chelsea could have kept him for this season instead of selling him to Everton last summer. But they clearly didn't think he was ready. I'm not sure. I mean, he definitely wouldn't have started over Diego Costa when he's not suspended. But, you know, we'll, yeah. well uh, let, let's get to Diego Costa because he is still suspended for this upcoming week in 32. Yeah. Uh, but he was also suspended last week uh, for Chelsea's 2-2 draw with West Ham. Uh, West Ham, both teams thinking that they should have won, which is very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just to sum it up here, uh, Lanzini scored and Carroll scored for West Ham. And Cesc Fabregas, of all people, had his first brace since 2009. Since he was 16 years old, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, 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 what's infuriating to me, and I got I got a decent amount of heat for saying this on Twitter, and I, I called the Chelsea lineup that if it's a team that's in transition, I called it irresponsible, dangerous, slow, and old. <laughs> uh, what did you think about Remy and Kennedy both? Or Kennedy not at left back? Um, Kennedy not at left back was fine. Okay. Uh, that's not his position. Now, what I didn't like was John Terry coming back in yeah. and center back and pushing Ivanovic out to the right. Yep. I can't stand it. And both Ivanovic played badly on the right and Aspilicueta played badly on the left, like they did all season. <laughs> um, and another thing that was pretty infuriating is that they gave Ruben Loftus-Cheek seven minutes, and what did he do in seven minutes? He got an assist. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and Bertrand Traore got a small amount of time. It, it, these are the guys that should be starting, and then you can bring in the veterans at the end if you need to, if they're just getting tired, if you don't think they're ready. My point is is that Chelsea don't have Europe to play for anymore, and they're not going to get relegated. So what's the point of throwing out this old, tired lineup of players you're likely not going to keep next season anyway? There's got to be some thought that you're like, I, we can't finish behind Stoke. Like I, I think there's still a mission of getting as many points as possible. No? I mean... I understand what you're saying, but and and the manager is not going to be there next season. Yeah, uh, and I get he he may want another job. I understand that, 
but this is where th- th- this is what infuriates me about the lame duck coach in general. Why are we? But what, what are we doing here? Uh, you know, it, you're, when you're when you're when you're stagnating, when you're when you're just in when you're in neutral in this league, you're now in reverse. You're going backwards. You're not. You're you're falling further behind because mm-hmm. no one else is in neutral. Maybe Man City, but this is this is and you're doing a disservice to next season as well because you don't know if these young players can play. Yeah, I think that's all fair. But um, on the that's my Chelsea piece. I mean, Oscar, I think, got an assist too, but that's because he either drew a penalty or it doesn't matter. Oh no, Loftus cheat drew the penalty. Um, I mean, Oscar, who knows? And for West Ham. Manuel Lancini and Dimitri Payet looked great together again. Yep. Uh, one assisted the other. Payet assisted Lanzini's goal. Yep. Uh, uh, Andy Carroll scored with his feet off of a great pass from, I think, Ivanovic. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, accidental, but it, it, it's just fun when it happens. Oh, no, sorry. I think it was John Mikel. <laughs> Even worse. Um, I, I mean, for West Ham, they looked the better side. And they it was the better side. I mean, it, 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 they, they look such the better side that there was a rumor that came out today that Zlatan Ibrahimovic is going to sign. With I West. saw that. I saw that. That <laughs> crazy, right? Uh, I think that one's actually a little crazier than him coming to MLS. I mean, if West Ham make it to the Champions League, it's, I don't think it's that crazy. Talk I, talk about a a new challenge. Yeah, yeah. I think. There's no reason to think that he couldn't pick his club, right? Like, what what so, Premier League clubs are saying no to him? My point is, is that West Ham, or remember, West Ham move into the new stadium next season, so they have a huge influx of cash coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I said this last summer too. They're they going to be an interesting team to watch this year. How they performed in the in the transfer market and how they performed this season, setting up next season, which should be the escalation into the new realm of status. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're doing everything. I'm sure Zlatan is dying to, to go. Well, how about if you were Zlatan, would you rather play with Memphis Depay, Jesse Lingard, Juan Mata, or would you rather play with Manuel Lanzini, Dimitri Payet? You know, you know I think there, there's definitely. There's I think you just listed five guys he's never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. He wants an Eiffel Tower-sized statue of himself right, in France. Right. Yeah, the I, I appreciate the Ibrahimovic to the Premier League, but I struggle to see it being with West Ham. Okay, fine. But on the West Ham side, after Pi, I mean, we saw Pi and Lanzini playing well together, and we've we've questioned that in the past. Uh, is that something where do you anticipate Lanzini going way up in value because Pi's back? Or because both of them are playing now? I'm not sure I see it way up in value. They they kind of keep tinkering with the lineup because they've got guys who are, um, you know, a few guys that are banged up. They used Antonio as a fullback again. And I kind of feel like he jumbles that midfield a little bit because they got to find a spot for him. But um, they also need to find a spot for Valencia and Sacco and now possibly Carroll. Like, it's a lot of... They've got a lot of pieces, and it all depends if uh, Slavin Bilic finds like a consistent group. Just because uh, y- you can't you can't move guys in and out like an entire you know, each week, and so uh, I'm just not sure if that necessarily means that Lanzini starts at the number ten every week, or uh, you know they move him to the bench at some point. They did just buy him, um, you know. They I think he was on loan, and now that now he's all in, but. Uh, they just have a lot of attacking pieces that they have to fit together, and Pyatt's really the only one I'm I'm really comfortable with. It's it's such an interesting juxtaposition when you talk about these two teams, Chelsea and West Ham, that West Ham have all this abundance of midfielders and forwards. They just can't fit them in, and Chelsea literally can't start the right can't start a good midfield and forward. Yep, I think that's exactly right. At least you know who's going to start for Chelsea though. Now that Hazard's hurt, you know you know it's going to be Willian. You know Fabregas is in there. I guess there's some Pedro Oscar questions, but I don't know. Kennedy, and Kennedy, and Kennedy now. now, yeah. 
It's not. It's not. I don't think it's as clear as people think. And Bertrand Traore needs to. Some. I think Bertrand Traore has played his way into the lineup, but apparently not. No. Which is just mind-boggling because it's he's been playing well and he's a young piece of the future there. There's an article actually on ESPN about how Chelsea, if they just brought their loanies, uh, you know, their high-priced loanies back in, how that would be a really good transfer window. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Nathan, if Nathan Ake, Andreas Christensen, who's played the most minutes of any Chelsea loanee anywhere, he's played almost every minute for Mujin Gladbach this this season, hmm. leading their leading their defense towards uh, Champions League qualification. Um, him and Fabian Johnson, by the way. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Nathan Ake, uh, Christensen, then uh, Charlie Masunda, who's a really good midfielder, uh, Dominic Solanke. I mean, th- these are these are all loanees that they just brought him back and kept him. Andre uh, and uh, Juan Cuadrado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are all players that you can bring back. Is Salah alone? No, I think he was sold. He was sold. All right. Cuadrado has been very good, and I he, he just doesn't seem like a Premier League player. Uh, Let's see, well, bringing on, him back on. as he a wasn't positive. A, he wasn't a Jose Mourinho player. Jose Mourinho brought him in and instantly thought he was useless. Yeah, I, strange, but uh, I'm the not player, convinced he's a. Well, Juventus is using Antonio Conte's playing style, and Conte is apparently coming to Chelsea. That's fair. Yeah, so, so at least something to think about. And, and and all these rumors for Chelsea that they're going to get like Pogba or someone like that is just absurd now. Yeah. If you no know Europe, no Pogba. It's that simple. Yep. Uh, uh, not Europe, no Champions League, no Pogba. He's not wasting his time in Europa. Fair point. Let's uh, let's move on to a team that's definitely going to Europa. They've clinched that already. Uh, they are also going to the International Champions Cup in the U.S. this summer. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness, our Leicester on a they are on quite the train right now. Uh, they <laughs> another one nil victory, uh, another clean sheet, maintaining their seven goals uh, against since Boxing Day. It's a long time for only letting up seven goals, Andrew. They've got four. Four of their last five matches have been one nothing wins. the The trouble is that they're one nothing. Like they're not scoring a ton of goals, and they're not scoring a ton of goals against really poor sides. Like the one nothing wins, home against Norwich, at Watford, home against Newcastle, and at Palace. And otherwise, they had a two two draw with West Brom. Like that's, I mean. They don't care. They're getting their three points. Fantasy-wise, like, you're not getting nearly enough. If You know, there's no reason to have Vardy and Mahrez because you can only get a goal from one. And, you know, the goal and assist, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's I, a lot I, of money to pay for, on DFS if you're... To that point, to that point though, I mean, Mahrez especially. But uh, Mahrez and Vardy, they are still on the score sheet more often than not, even when it's 1-0. One is usually assisting the other, which is a really strange coincidence. Uh, even when on Okazaki's goal, there was a Vardy assist. Yeah, but but that's my point. Like in that game, Mahrez got nothing, and so there's. So what you're saying is Christian Fuchs is the is the Leicester man you, <laughs> maybe. you would want to buy. Uh, I, it's just uh, having to pay up. Uh, there, there's no reason to ever pay up for both of them. Uh, they're still pretty cheap in FPL, so you know you kind of have to keep holding on to them. But like they're very expensive in ESPN, which is kind of has the same scoring method as. Um, as FPL and you're just not getting a ton of value out of one of them each week because if they're only scoring one goal, there's just not a ton there. So, um, you know, it's a nice story, but it clearly looks like now really the guys you need to keep targeting are Christian Fuchs and Danny Simpson and Robert Huth and Wes Morgan. On the palace side, they still have yet to pick up a, uh, a single point. Oh, in the calendar year of 2016. Yeah. Um, Alan Pardew has, I don't, I don't, I don't think he knows what to do. Uh, I think he, he, he wants to stay the course because he thinks his team is playing very well. They're just getting unlucky at a certain point. It can't be called unlucky anymore. Right. Yeah. They, they need to at least be able to get the guys that, that were performing back. Like punch is still kind of iffy. And so the team that was so good earlier this season just hasn't been around for months, and that's that's been the biggest problem. That, that he no found, striker. That no striker, yeah. I mean, he found, like, the right uh, group to play together, and then they stopped playing together because of injury. So it, you know, I don't want to fault him too much, but relying on Joe Ledley and Jednak uh, Stuff. isn't working. So. Like I'm surprised that Sacco hasn't gotten back in the 
starting 11 and I don't know the the I don't know. It's it's very frustrating. It's very it's very frustrating, and I don't uh, until you see it multiple times, I don't think you can believe in it. In what they're doing, or in just picking one of them? Yeah, any any Crystal Palace player. Uh, And I mean, this transitions nicely to Watford here because Watford scored a goal. Yeah, finally, which is huge. Uh, They they scored in their in their home in their home loss, unfortunately for Watford to Stoke. Uh, Troy Deeney got on the board. Yep. Which was, which was nice to see. Uh, Odiani Gallo still kind of. Uh, I think he was, I, I, or he would. I don't even think he played. I think he was. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I made some stuff up. So uh, for Stoke, though, uh, if he starts, I think you kind of have to play him at this point. Jonathan Walters is just a, a machine. <laughs> that starts, scored a goal and got an assist. Uh, some guy named Bardsley also got an assist. Yeah, he did. Uh, but uh, Jonathan Walters. I don't know. He does produce a lot, and it's not like Jordan Jakiri is coming back this week, right? Uh, he might. He might. There was talk that he might play over the international break, and I think that's kind of given them a little optimism that he could return, although, you know, he's been out for a few weeks, so not starting wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, well, I'll just say this. Jonathan Walters is on my radar for Stoke. Yeah, I see no reason why he wouldn't start again. It seems like the Mami Diouf experiment. I was about to say, they can start him at forward, even though he's classified as a midfielder in most places. Walters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I mean, he's been starting up top by himself for a while when he he had a run earlier this season. But, um, yeah, I mean, with Walters and Arnautovic, um, you could even throw Afalai in there. Like, they have a bunch of guys, but uh, I, you would never take Walters over Arnautovic. No. <laughs> so... And Arnautovic is not really that expensive usually. So, I don't know. I, I, Walter still seems like kind of a shot in the dark. Yeah. Uh, but for Stoke, Jack Butland uh, goes down with an injury uh, playing for England. Um, a non-contact, too. So, uh, has, the, has the prognosis come out as far as a return for him? Or? Fractured ankle, three months. He's out of Euros. It looks like Fraser Forrester is getting healthy to just the right time. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but Butland, yeah. So Butland goes down. That that throws the Stoke defense probably in a bit of a loop. Yeah, I mean they were already pretty banged up, and now, yeah, Jacob Howgard, who isn't even available on ESPN's game, <laughs> will come in and try to do what he can. Because Shea Given is still hurt too. So yeah, I mean he has a decent decent first test against Swansea. So Gilpie Sigurdsson will certainly pour some shots in yep. might be, uh, we'll talk about more about that on Thursday but uh, certainly there's an opportunity there for anyone playing against Stoke because Butland was doing very well this season you called it yeah he looked good I mean the the defense in front of him has been so banged up that he's not he hasn't gotten nearly as many clean sheets as I kind of had hoped for but yeah I mean he looked good enough that there was talk that he would start for the you know for England Euros this summer instead of Joe Hart and Fraser Forster so, yeah, it's too bad. Really too bad for him. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on. we'll move on here to uh, another team that looked good for at least one week was Norwich, uh, <laughs> winning on the road at West Brom, uh, 1-0. Uh, Robbie Brady getting the goal and yeah. uh, Wayne Jarvis getting in the assist. <sighs> Matt Jarvis. Yep. I don't know who Wayne Jarvis is. <laughs> actually, I think he's a, he's a character in a movie, Wayne Jarvis. I was actually thinking Not also. Not to be confused uh, with Mike Jarvis, former head coach of St. John's basketball. I was, I was also thinking of um, Jarvis also, Landry. Uh, no, just Jarvis from. Oh, that's right, Wayne Jarvis is from Arrested Development. He's the lawyer. Anyway, um, there's also there's also Jarvis, the uh, uh, artificial intelligence from Iron Man. Mm, there you go. So, if Jarvis is just a, a mononym, uh, Norwich will actually be a lot better because Jarvis is very smart. But Norwich, as a as a soccer team here. Robbie Brady, we, we liked him early to the middle of the season. Any chance he has any kind of value down the stretch? The, I mean, certainly in, in like DraftKings because he crosses so much, but I don't think we're going to like see some sort of goal explosion out of him. I think the better story here is that they are unbeaten when Bamford starts. 
It's true. In fact, not that he plays defense, but they haven't let up a goal in any game that he started. The best defense is a terrible offense. Yeah, so maybe that's what was holding them back the whole time. Could Patrick Bamford save Norwich? I think he has a better chance of saving Chelsea next season. Um, <laughs> either way, Norwich, I don't think anything's repeatable there. West Brom, surely think that zero goals for them is certainly repeatable. <laughs> uh, actually, the, there's rumors going around now that Tony Pulis is uh, meeting about his future at West Brom. Because he so, wants out? They want out? Uh, well, because they may mutually decide that him moving on would be best for the organization. Huh. Okay, I mean... Uh, I mean, the, it, it's it's a Midlands club that draws nobody to the to the to the park. I mean, the Hawthorns is a really good home is a really good support, uh, but I think you, there's a little unrest in the stands when you watch them play. Like the, the, it's a boring it's a boring system, and they're not challenging for Europe in any way, shape, or form. I mean, they're not going to get relegated or anything anytime soon, so I mean, that's a good thing. But uh, they, so who's they, up they, next? Moyes. Who knows? Mourinho. Yes, bingo. His pre-contract with Manchester United, he'll cancel that for West Brom. Right, and bring Ibrahimovic with him. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to Swansea uh, beating up on Aston Villa. Who hasn't? Uh, only beating him one nothing though. Uh, Federico Fernandez getting the goal assisted <laughs> by get, get a ball assisted by guess who? Gilfie Sigurdsson. Gilfie Sigurdsson. So it's. It's it's Gilby Sigurdsson's team, and there's no one else. And Aston Villa, there's just no one. I did note... Is that a in, fair summation of those two teams going yes. forward as well? Yeah, I noted, though, that in my uh, setting the table this week, that Villa are getting better because they lost 4 nothing, 2 nothing, and one nothing. That maybe there's a scoreless draw headed this way, this weekend. <laughs> yeah, against Chelsea? Home be, against Chelsea. <laughs> that'll be fun. That'll be fun to watch. I'm sure I'll, I, I won't throw the TV off the wall. I can't believe Remy Gard's still there. I think Remy Gard hasn't found his next thing yet. But it's much, it's much easier to find a job when you have a job. You don't, I guess. I mean, nobody would fault him for bouncing right now. Yeah, I, I think it's all, but I think it's safely assumed that Aston Villa will uh, they'll be under new management next season. Oh, for sure. So, like, why not just leave now so that you can... Yep. Uh, Randy Lerner thinks they're prime for that first pick in the draft next season. <laughs> All right, let's go. They're the I next Leicester. That's the that's the lesson. Except it's the next Leicester of three years ago in the championship. How, I'll give you a... I will say, I'll give you a thousand to one odds that they are not the next Leicester. <laughs> Leicester got better odds than... Correct. They got 5,000. They got 5,000. Yeah. I'll give you 1,000. <laughs> no, thanks. Okay. That's what I thought. All right. Newcastle are at home. Well, they were at home against Sunderland, the most important Tyneware Derby in, uh, in recent past. Um, it came out just as we thought. Remember, I, I said it two weeks ago. If the game ends 11 versus 11, they will draw. The game ended 11 versus 11, they drew. I would actually like to take that one step further because I asked you who you thought would score, and you said Mitrovic, and I said Defoe. We absolutely nailed this game. We, we, it, we may have been was, wrong about everything else, but we nailed this one. What was great? What was great for me, and I said that Vito Minone would be a good goalkeeper for DraftKings, yep. and he got six. And he got six, six saves. And uh, disappointing the way that that he that they let up the goal late to Mitrovic. But. Oh, that was so infuriating. And then he got hurt. Well, fantastic you know, job. We should say, as everybody right. was saying at the time, of the physios basically forcing him to come out after his. Not basically, such blatant concussion. Physically removing him. Yeah. Like as if he had gotten a red card, he was removed from the game. Yeah. Uh, and kudos to the medical staff. Uh, it was very clear that he was unconscious before his yes. face hit the turf. Yes. And when your face hits the turf, you have to question your consciousness. Yeah. There, it was. Um, you could tell that he was like repeating his like numbers as they were bringing him off to like prove that he was okay. And he looked like somebody that you were like, I'm not sure he would be able to do those numbers if he was un not concussed. Well, ask him to do it in reverse or anything. He just no offense to him at all, but he just doesn't appear to be the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> 
So uh, if you well, just on a normal as, day. As Wayne, as Wayne Rooney once said, he has just enough education to play football. Yeah. <laughs> not about Mitrovic, of course. No, not about Mitrovic. About himself, actually. Right, I think it was himself. Uh, yeah. And Georginia Wijnaldum added an assist because they Newcastle were at home, so of course. Yep. Um, but yes, Jermaine Defoe scored his goal, a nice poacher's goal as well, mm-hmm. just like all of his goals. Um, it really was a game that went exactly as we thought. Yep, we learned nothing from it. They didn't move anywhere in the table, and and we'll just have to keep waiting to see which one goes down, or both. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. What What did happen though was didn't. It, um, yeah. It, well. Because of because of uh, Norwich's three points, they Norwich climbed out. Yes. So there's that, a big one this weekend though. It's uh, Sunderland Norwich, or I'm sorry, Norwich Newcastle. Norwich mm-hmm. Newcastle. That'll be a six-pointer that'll get only two. Right. Okay, so <laughs> let's move on to uh, Southampton 3, Liverpool 2. Uh, this game was Liverpool 2, Southampton nil in the yeah. second half. Uh, and you know, while everyone else was watching the Tyneware Derby last Sunday, uh, Southampton just pulled off uh, you know, a casual three-goal comeback. Yeah. Three-goal turnaround. Yep. Sadio Mane. Um, yeah, they were down 2 nothing at halftime. Mane missed a penalty. Uh, early in the second half, so you knew Liverpool were going to cruise. And then in the last 25 minutes, I think it was, Mane scored twice and Pele scored. Mane didn't even start. Like, I wouldn't have played Mane anyway, but, like, there is nothing more aggravating than seeing, like, a starting-level player not start and then score twice. And actually, he should have had four. (laughs) That's true, too. And Pele had two assists, too. And I think think he hit the post. Yeah. So, I mean, he's obviously going to get back in to tease everybody and if he didn't score again for the rest of the season, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah. Well, on the on the Liverpool side, when they were cruising in the first half, it was Coutinho and Sturridge doing the damage. Yeah, Sturridge. You kind of forget how good he he is, um, because every time anything happens to him, you're like, oh gosh, he's he's hurt again. And you know they they're going to keep riding him because there's no you know they're theoretically still in a in a Euro slot. Uh, or competing for one. There's six points back of West Ham, but uh, they have a game in hand, so that helps. So theoretically, it could be two, uh, three points out. And They're also playing a tiny club called Dortmund. Yes, yes, in Europa. I was like, what? Um, well, yeah, well, if they want to challenge for a Champions League spot, that's how they're going to do that's it. That's how they're going to do it. Yeah, that's um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the You kind of hoped... I'm glad it didn't happen that they didn't like meet up in the final because that wouldn't have happened. It'll be fun to see Klopp like back there. Um, but yeah, Sturridge and there's no reason for Benteke to do anything other than figure out who he wants to play for next year uh, because Sturridge and Origi are, are clearly ahead of him. Um, and Firmino missed out, but it sounds like he might be able to come back for, for this week, but the, they look really good and it was shocking to see them blow that, that lead um it'll be it'll be fun when mario Goetze enters that team <laughs> i don't think he's leaving germany either but um they need to get better defensively i know they signed Matip, so that'll help but i don't know we'll see you can't you're not gonna win a title outscoring everybody well I, just outscoring everybody. so here's here's the th- i mean this is my really basic analytics view of of the premier league and soccer in general What's the maximum number of points you can get in a game? Three. Uh, how many – you need to score at least one goal. You need to score at least one goal to get three points, correct? Correct. So why not try to score as many as possible? Yeah, no, I get it. You know, it do, you, you, do you know why? Because then you turn into Everton this year. But – see, I, I, don't, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair for two reasons. One – Everton will hold the ball just to hold the ball. They're not like trying to probe forward. They'll pass it sideways all the time. That's what makes Leicester so interesting. Is their their only direction is forward when they have the ball. I guess, but only direction they have, and they are just trying to score a goal with some kind of advantage that they see, which is usually Jamie Vardy being faster than all of your defenders. (laughs) I'm just saying, if the point is to score, three clubs have done it more than Everton this year, but they're twelfth. They being Everton. Everton, yeah. Like I said, basic analytics. <laughs> All right. Let's preview one of the worst Manchester derbies ever. Oh. 
Uh, and when it's that, when it's usually bad, when it's bad football being played, that means Manchester United are winning. <laughs> the I'm pretty sure we tossed Rashford aside. I kind of remember uh, both of to us. Be, yes, to be fair, uh, you know there was good reason. There was yeah. very good reason to toss him aside, and he looked good for five minutes. That's all you need. I know. Oh my god! Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, correct. That is all you need in this particular instance. But is there? I mean, besides, I mean, City and Chelsea are the most apathetic-looking teams in a long time. It's really disappointing. I mean, Manchester City. I, I'm, I was gonna say I'm actually more disappointed with City than I am United. Well, and, and their fans better. Their fans better whip them into some kind of caring mode because they may lose the Champions League. Yeah, that means they can lose Guardiola. Because yep. doesn't he have an out saying that if they don't make the Champions League, he doesn't have to go there? Supposedly. So. And they're throw, only one point ahead of West Ham and Manchester United. Yeah, and they just lost three points to Manchester United. Right. So it's it's one it that that was a six pointer in the in the in the realm of Manchester. Mm-hmm. It was at the Etihad. Yeah, it just just not what you wanted to see. I mean, it, nice to see Juan Mata get an assist too. Well, actually, nice to see him get playing time. Also, uh, Mateo Darmion looked good on defense. Daly Blind, who picked up a little injury, but he should be back, right? I think so. Yeah, uh, they, they're they're trying they're starting to get some consistency as a back four. Yep. Just because they have four healthy players. Now they have four. Yeah. You know, one they're almost all out of position, uh, but at least that at least they're playing together, and they kept a clean sheet at a very tough place to get a clean sheet. So. Yep. Yeah, they started Schneiderlin and Carrick too, which they hadn't done in a while. Like earlier in the season, when they, I feel like they went six or seven home games uh, to start the season without giving up a goal, or it was some. I mean, they're excellent at home, but they were playing basically two of Carrick, Schneiderlin, and Schweinsteiger, and one of them got hurt, then the other got hurt, and they kind of went away from that. But they're just so strong defensively when they have two of those three on the field. Schweinsteiger's hurt now, but. Carrick and Schneiderlin, um, like I said, they're just so much better when when they have the, that double pivot that you like so much. Yeah, uh, it they and specifically specifically when Schneiderlin's the constant. Yep, and we've talked about. Yeah, he's that. light years better than Carrick at this point. He's the one that has the legs that can run around all the time. Yeah. So that's why they bought him. That's why I thought it was a good idea at the time. I still think it's a good idea. I think he'll mature into a nice Manchester United midfielder. Mm. Um, but it's it's going to take it. I mean, it's going to take some consistency on the other players that are playing with him. So beyond that, Marcus Rashford spinning it forward. I you know when the rankings come out, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be pretty high on him this week. Ahead of Martial. Yeah. I can tell you one ranker who didn't rank Martial and ranked Rashford. Yeah. <laughs> that person was me. Spoiler yeah. alert. Um, I'm sure I'll be alone there. But I, I, I think Rashford is the one that has the movement, which is what you need in this league. Yeah. I think Martial and Depay have the individual skill, the footballing skills that you need in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> that just doesn't work. That doesn't work as well here. You need to be able to, you need to have the movement too. And the players that can combine both, like uh, Riyad Mahrez, they do very well. Mm. Anyway. To spoil further, I have both of them. I, I just can't get it in me to rank two forwards from Manchester United. <laughs> you only get one. That's fair. All right. Spurs, three. Bournemouth, zero. I mistakenly thought that, you know, Max Gradle, Matt Ritchie, uh, Charlie Daniels, they've been playing well enough that it doesn't matter who they play. It matters who they play. Yeah. Uh, Bournemouth were totally outmatched, outclassed, outplayed, outcoached, out everything. Uh, to Bournemouth, to, I mean, to Bournemouth defense, according to a lot of the prediction machines, they already have enough points to stay up. Yes. So mission accomplished, potentially. Yeah, I'm not sure we need to take too much out of this one. I mean, it was a club that, it's, it was a mid-table club against a title contender. I mean, this is what happens when they play this late in the season. So the, I I was off of most. Um... You were. You, you you tried to warn me last week. <laughs> you did. Uh, I did not heed it, and and that cost me our Sunday slate. I beat you on Saturday. You beat me on Sunday. Yeah. So the Spurs are just too good defensively that uh, a team like Burnmouth wasn't going to break through. Certainly enough not to to win. So 
especially because Burnmouth don't play on the counter. That, that's just, they just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, going down one nothing after a minute probably that didn't help. Didn't help, and then I think Kane scored like 15 minutes later, and at that the game's over at that point. So it was it, it was the exact game plan Spurs wanted. Pressure was off early with the early goal, and then they. You know, they waited for Burmouth to make a mistake when they tried to play through them, and they un- they they did. And you know, Kyle Walker, Kyle Walker looked really good in this game. He yep. got an assist, and he was just up and down the pitch with regularity. Yeah, that's so, why Kieran hey, Trippier doesn't play. Um, while we're which is a joke. While they're uh, playing international matches, and after that absurd comeback that England had against Germany, I. We are obviously not English, so I feel like we have a bit of a uh, good outsider's perspective of this team. Is Deli Ali the best player that England has? No. Who is it? That was my response. I was like, of course not. And then I'm like, it's obviously... And I'm like... Uh, I, I, would, I, I, would, I would contend... There's a there's a few contenders in my opinion. It's nuts that he, that you that the automatic answer is not no. The or, automatic or the, answer or there's the no. Automatic, the automatic answer is no, but it also depends on how you how you want to construct the team. Roster construction comes comes into play here. Deli Ali is not a guy who's going to get you a goal when you need one. That's fair. So, Harry, what Harry Kane did against Germany. Kane was that, the only one I considered other than Ali, to be honest. The only one. Well, they happen to play on the same team, which is great for. That's what I mean. Well, I'm... but here, but, but I, I let me. I just want to elaborate a little bit because Harry Kane has shown, you know, he's not just the guy who will work. He will work his socks off, and that's great. And and he still does that, which is also great. You're gonna put Vardy ahead of him? No, 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 no. Uh, no, I'm actually just just complimenting Harry Kane here. Oh, okay. Harry Kane has shown a maturity in the box from last season to this season. Those little half yard touches that he's making to get himself a little bit of space to shoot, and he is not afraid to shoot. No. And whether it's missing or making, he's not afraid to do it, and he's just making himself open by having these little tiny touches or a little shoulder roll against a defender, and, and he's shown that maturity this season, and that's why he's continued to have his 20 goal success. Not because he's just outworking everyone and getting to headers, and you know, I remember those two goals against uh, against Arsenal last season uh, for Harry Kane, where he just he just literally outworked Parramatta's Zacker twice, and th- that's not the only way he can beat you this year. And it just makes you excited to see what he can possibly follow up with next season because he's still very young. That's why I would say Harry Kane more than Deli Alley. Okay. Very long-winded answer. <laughs> Kane, like I said, Kane was really the only one I thought about. Have you seen this picture going on the internet of the Leicester bench two years ago with Kane, Vardy, or three years ago, Kane, Vardy, and Drinkwater on it? No. Nope. Oh, it's a great picture. Nigel, It's really a picture of Nigel Pearson, and right behind them on the bench, Kane and Vardy and Drinkwater are sitting with their bench pennies on. Not, It's not a fair comparison. They are not the same players they are today. <laughs> oh, of course not. Um, so is that the conversation, though? Is it just Ali and Kane? I, I I personally don't think so, uh, I I because I, I I think Jamie Vardy needs to be in that conversation. Okay, um, that's fine. Those three. So like that's crazy. It's three guys that basically were not on this team a year ago. Well, remember, England's been saying for a couple of uh, for a couple of years now their youth system is very good. They they modeled it after the German youth system. Yeah. In fairness, Vardy's twenty nine. So. Well, that, not, I wasn't referring to him. <laughs> Because <laughs> there are there there are other players in England that are playing very very well. I mean, first of all, Fraser Forrester is also a very good player. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a team that does have a lot of talent, and I think it has enough talent where Wayne Rooney should not play. No. Yeah. No chance. Right? Can we can we say that fairly? We can because we don't care. I mean, you have to think Raheem Sterling factors. Ugh. What do you mean? Ugh! He's just—he's just playing on a team that doesn't care. Well, actually, you know what? That's not even true. I hate him anyway. I don't think he's a great. I don't—I think he's a, a a rich man's version of uh, Jesus Navas. <laughs> but it's—it's it's an interesting conversation. I mean, Ross Barkley has to enter in the conversation as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm assuming you don't think so. No. Well, uh, certainly John, not for best players. I mean, he obviously. About this? John Stones' transfer fee is going to be very high. Yeah, thanks to his so, passport. If he was John Van Stones, he would not be getting that much money. If he was Dutch, is that what you're saying? Right. If he was John of the Stones, no (laughs) chance. (laughs) Juan de la Stones? (laughs) Stone Ace, I believe. (laughs) This makes me think of de la Soul for some reason, which Mm. is just not right. Okay. Uh, It it was – you're right. England do have – England, Deli Alley, Harry Kane. The more those two play together, the better they'll both be for both club and country. Yeah. Is that, is that the way we can tie a nice little bow around Spurs there? Sure. I'd throw Eric Dyer in there too. You you, you think Eric Dyer is as important as those other two? He might be. I think, yeah, as long as Pochettino is the coach, I can agree with that. In that position, under that coach, in that system. I think, Kyle, he, I think I, I, in I, I, that I think, position for England is also very important. But it has to be that system, which Roy Hodgson does not play. Yeah, nobody That's the problem. Play. That's the problem. Uh, he wouldn't be able to play that position for Roy Hodgson. Maybe. Because that position doesn't exist. Mm. That's my That's my point. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll equate it to a basketball player, Draymond Green. In that system, playing with those teammates and that coach, he is in, he looks indispensable. Yeah. If you put Draymond Green on the Sixers, he is overpriced likely and and just not good. He might get you some points, but he won't. He won't be what he is now. While we're speaking of internationals, your thoughts on Jurgen Klinsmann? Uh, I think Jurgen Klinsmann, and uh, it, it's such a negative. It's such a downer to kind of like because after this, we're, we that uh, this will be our last topic before uh, we we sign off yeah. here. But Jurgen Klinsmann to me is stuck. He wants to. He came in with these big ideas. I want to play this new system where we ha- we play possession, we have the ball, we we are attract playing attractive football. He got here. He tried. These players are not good enough to do it, and now he's stuck. Yeah, I think he's done a phenomenal job with the youth development in this country, getting players to play for the U.S., developing them to the point where they, you know, like let's say DeAndre Yedlin, for example, Fabian Johnson. Uh, Timothy Chandler, Jonathan Brooks. Uh, these are players, some of which who probably wouldn't. Uh, Aaron Johansson, players that would not have picked the U.S. A, a, or Matt Miazga, another one. Um, players that, that may not have picked the U.S. as their international, and and they and they have. Well, and Yedlin is. I mean, Yedlin's from Seattle. I know. I know. Yedlin was was kind of the weird one of the bunch there, but. You know, all those other players had a choice, and they chose the U.S., and that's partially due to Jurgen Klinsmann and his youth development. Yeah, I think we—I'm not sure what the—how far his reach goes. I mean, in on paper, it goes all the way to my five-year-old's youth team. But it seems like our under-23 side, which uh, is now playing for an Olympic berth, um, I think they play— they play tomorrow. Today's Monday. They play Colombia in their under twenty three, and they have like some very good teams, some players on that team. Miazga is one of them. But um, you know, Christian Pulisic, who's at um, Dortmund, is getting called up to the men's national team. He's seventeen. Like we do have a lot of like young, good players, but it seems like there's going to be this gap that comes right at the next World Cup, where we have our older players who are old. And the young players are not ready yet. And I don't know how. You know, I, you know that you know people say that the young players won't be ready yet. You just don't know that. Of course, of course. So, so my that goes back to my thought before that he's just kind of stuck because he doesn't have the players to play the system he wants to play, and he's not the world's best tactical coach. <laughs> uh, he's not. He's actually pretty bad at it. That's what uh, Joachim Lowe was was good at at Germany and continues to be good at yeah. uh, as evident by the fact that they were the first, uh, well, first of all, he won the world cup and also the first European team to win a world cup on South American soil. Yep. So he doesn't have another Joachim Lowe. He just doesn't. And you, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, he's a good man manager. He's a good recruiter. I think he'd be a phenomenal director of youth development of us 
of yeah. U.S. soccer. That's exactly where I was going with that. He will, he will never take that job. No. Well, he has the job now. Like, that's his job now. He just also happens to be the yeah. first-team coach, which I think I think Yeah, and he's, I, he's I run don't, his course. Exactly. I think he's – I'd I i I'd be inclined to agree. And if – well, first of all, if they don't qualify – He gets canned that day. He gets canned by the time he leaves the stadium. That, that absolutely cannot happen. And they play Guatemala tomorrow. Yes. So – just you know, Jurgen Klinsmann had definitely has a hot seat. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't qualify, he's fired. Yep. Um, they. With that being said, they'll qualify. Yeah, you know, they called. So. Up, they they called up Graham Zuzi and a couple others to make sure that you know we qualify. I hope so. You're saying that Guatemala is going to beat the U.S. two games in a row. I wouldn't have ever said that we would lose to Guatemala at all. We got that that. That was one of the worst. That first loss, two nothing, was one of the worst. Uh, it wasn't even a, a horrible game. Like we played relatively well in spurts, but the first fifteen minutes, the game was over off off of two plays that should never happen at that level. Which and you know, Jurgen Klinsmann's defense will likely be if you know this happens. This is he doesn't why, have a defense. No. That's the problem. I think he does, and I'll I'll, I'll give it to you now. I meant that this the is- players he's choosing to play in defense were. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, that, that that joke was either too bad or too good. <laughs> now, for you know, for Jurgen Klinsmann, he'll say, "This is why I don't. I want players playing at the highest levels possible, yep. not just coming home." Yep. Uh, and there's there's probably something to that, uh, but it also, I mean, if it's if the fate of the U.S. is tied to the fate of MLS, uh, the MLS better start sending all of its players possible to. The U.S. team. Uh, I would argue that some of MLS's best are not called up, and nobody knows why, other than that they're not playing in the third level well, in Germany. The, yeah, well, it's the it's the beginning of the season for the MLS. Well, that yes, I mean they're they're playing. It's not like it's we're but, we're but, not. But, but that's but I mean if, you know the U.S. national team. The U.S. national team needs to have its players playing at the highest levels of competition for them to play at the highest level of international competition. And for some players, the MLS is not their ceiling. Michael Bradley could easily play in Serie A. Uh, Clint Dempsey, he, he's a little older, so that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, guys like Matt Miosk are going to Chelsea, even though he may not start. That's better. He'll be playing against players like... Uh, Bertrand Traore, Tico Costa in practice. Mm-hmm. Whereas Michael Bradley plays against, I, I don't even know who he plays against. <laughs> Sorry, that's my point. Yeah, these these that that's why you go to the highest levels of competition. No, I get it. I just yeah. All right. That was my even longer winded answer on what about Jurgen Klinsmann. <laughs> <laughs> and on that sigh of relief. We will let everybody go back to their normal lives as we end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For Andrew, I have been Mike. We will catch you on Thursday as we preview Game Week 32 and a potential Villanova Syracuse national title game. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com/soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide. In theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.